Shabbat Shalom. Shalom. I do this. Can everyone hear me? Okay. Zoom, I hope you can hear me as well. Um, so, King Solomon had an advisor named Benaiah, Benaiah ben Yehoiada, who was known as uh, almost the smartest guy in the world, Solomon being the top, and a guy named Eitan, we'll get to him another time, being number two. But Benaiah was pretty smart. And Solomon wanted to put him in his place. And so gave Benaiah a quest. He said, Benaiah, I want you to find something, one object, the same thing, that if you're looking at it and you're happy, it will immediately make you sad. And if you're looking at it while you're sad, it will immediately make you happy. So Benaiah goes searching all through the kingdom, all through the land, trying to find this thing. And it's difficult. What's something, one thing that if you're happy, it'll make you sad. If you're sad, it'll make you happy. What could it be? He wanders, he can't find it, he can't find it. He's on his way back to court, dejected. He just I couldn't, couldn't get it done. And he takes a break in the shook, and he's just sort of uh, really dejected. And a woman comes out and says, you know, Benny, what's the problem here? And he says, I'm looking for an object. And if you're sad, it'll make you happy. If you're happy, it'll make you sad. She says, oh, I know just the thing. Hold on. Goes into her uh, jewelry shop, engraves something on a ring, brings it to Benaiah. He says, this is amazing. This is it. But it runs into court triumphantly, gives the ring to Solomon. Solomon thought, you know, I've got him looks at the ring and says, you know what? Well done, well done. I'm sure at least 50% of you have heard this story before. What was on the ring? Gamze Ya'avor. Why am I even up here? Gamze Ya'avor, this too shall pass. If you are happy and you see the words, this too shall pass, it reminds you that the world will turn and once again, you might become sad. And if you're sad, you see, this too shall pass. Remember, this is going to end someday. You will be happy again, and it might cheer you up. And the legend says that this ring then became Solomon's ring as a watch for him, both for the passage of time, but also to be a little haughty with his, you know, with Benaiah and, and when he thinks he can outsmart people. And this isn't the only ring with a message on it in our tradition. Uh, Spinoza had a ring. This one, yeah, stump, stump the kahal. Anyone know what Spinoza had on his ring? What? Oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah go on, yes. Right. Spinoza had on his ring the Latin for to connect, or I've also heard it, or caute, to be cautious, right? Whichever one, right? It depends on, by the way, where in Spinoza's story you think he had the ring, right? What did he need to connect, or is it after the excommunication, and it was a reminder to watch what he said and to be cautious around others. And we have, it's not in ring form, although it is rolled, we have the exact same thing every single one of us. And we read about it this morning. Because as Moses is giving his farewell address, right, what does he say? That he's going to give us this teaching. Talk about what this teaching is, the entire Torah. This teaching will be a witness for you when you sin. 
this teaching that I give you today, says the Torah, will be a witness for you when you turn your face from God, right? The thing we read already, right? So in what way is the Torah, is this teaching a witness for the people? Well, it might be that it's like a law code that's going to remind you whenever you make mistakes. Right, and it's going to be the thing that witnesses against you. You you might think to yourself, "God, I didn't know that this was a problem." And then God can say, "Excuse me, turn to page two hundred forty-seven." Yes, you did, possibly, or it could be that it's a witness for us to keep us from sinning. It is a protection, just like the rings that we talked about. It is meant to be a reminder that will keep us from sin and transgression. Why do we read it every single week? To remind us that it's here, to remind us that we need to live up to the rules that are in there, whether it's the part that we've read or not. In that way, it is sort of a guardrail. And it helps to explain a law of Maimonides that I, for the life of me, have never understood. So today is Shabbat Shuvah, Shabbat of Tshuva and repentance, because we're right in the middle between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And in Maimonides' Laws of Repentance, he writes, Ezehi hachuvagmura, what is complete repentance? It is someone who says, right, that it is someone who has in the power to repeat the violation, but doesn't do it, but doesn't do it, because of repentance, not out of fear or lack of strength. So what Maimonides is saying is that total repentance, complete tshuva, the way you know you're done, is if you have in your power to do whatever the thing you did, again, let's come up with a fun example. I'm not going to make you pick one right now. I know you looked at me like, we like to interact, Rabbi, but don't worry. I'm not going to make you name a sin. I'm just going to talk to you while I think of one. All right. So you eat the, the bacon cheeseburger, right? Okay. Because it's from what has good, I don't know, Wawa. Do they have cheeseburgers? No, I don't know. Okay. Whatever it is, it's delicious. You eat one. How do you know you've done complete repentance on that sin? If you go to the Wawa again, and they have the deal on bacon double cheeseburgers, and you don't do it, not because the last time you ate it, it gave you a stomachache and it was disgusting, but because of tshuva. Oh, and not because you're afraid, right? Not because you, you, the rabbi gave such a stirring sermon on Shabbat tshuva that you think, oh, yo, yo, God's going to zap me with a lightning bolt. That, those don't count for tshuva. It's only if you... Don't do it because of repentance. Now, I have to say, this has confused me for years because it doesn't seem, A, like it's all that practical, right? How many times am I going to have the opportunity to do the exact same sin again, and then I'm not? And it's like, it seems like it's a bit of a contrived situation. Also, I sort of want to say, you know, fear is not such a bad reason to not do something. Maybe, I don't know. I think the answer comes in this Parsha and the testimony of, that we talked about, or the idea of these rings. Because what full and true repentance is, is not saying that the bacon double cheeseburger doesn't smell good, right? Now, it's not saying, I don't want to eat it. It's not saying, 
I'm just done. I'm so it's, it's right. It's setting yourself up for success in the future. Learning from the acts that we've done. That is what repentance really is. And so whether we're talking about Solomon or Benaiah and learning from the experience of the ring, or we're talking about Spinoza and learning from his experience. And so he wants to go forward or us learning from the experience of our ancestors in the Torah who violated the Torah again and again and seeing what happened to them and thinking that we don't want to do that. So we're going to read the Torah again and again to remind ourselves that we want to be the good people, not like the ones back then. That is actually what repentance is. And so on this Shabbat Shuvah, personally, professionally, communally, we owe it to ourselves to think about the ways in which we have failed in the year gone by, the sins that we've done. And part of our process of repentance is how can we ensure that they won't happen again? It's not enough to say you're sorry. It's not enough to make restitution. It's not enough to just confess and do all that. Also have to show that moving forward, it won't happen again. And that might mean something drastic. Right? One of the other laws of Rambam is you might have to change your name, whatever changing your name means. It doesn't, it might mean changing who you are. It might mean changing where you are. It might mean, it might mean therapy. It might mean laws. It might mean, it might mean a lot of things, but setting yourself up for success. Tshuva means putting the guardrails up so that the infraction won't happen again. This is something that, by the way, we think about all the time, or we should be thinking about all the time in our society. We're thinking about how can we be better uh, able to respond to the next pandemic? What can we learn from this pandemic to improve our response? What can we learn from the last election to improve our elections in the future? What can we learn from the things that have gone wrong so that we can set up guardrails to make sure that they won't happen? That, that is Chuva Gumura, and that is the thing that we have another four days to come up with before Yom Kippur. Shabbat Shalom.